Welcome to the Easter Friday edition of the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess was tied up today, but he'll be back on Monday. We have a special show again, Bishop Athanasius Snyder. We did an interview today that's going to be played on Monday on the Terry and Jesse Show on his great book on the Catholic Mass. You won't want to miss that. Today, I just have to remind everybody, this is a Friday uh, in the octave of Easter. That means you can eat meat, okay? We're celebrating Easter, eight days of it, okay? So do that. Today's topics, hey, can a lay person lay hands on others during prayer? Uh, Monsignor will answer that question for us, and I think you'll enjoy it. We're also going to be talking about the FDA warning that parental screening tests can be misleading led to abortions of healthy babies. Yeah, finally that came out. We've been talking about that for a long, long time. Also, just so everybody knows, the Cardinal Pallone Pallone, orders all Vatican vaccine mandates to remain in place. And we can talk about Cardinal Burke, who was refused going into the Vatican because he did not have the vaccine. Also, uh, I think this is one for praying. We need to pray for Pope Francis because he just appointed a Hong Kong bishop who says he hopes that the church will one day ordain women. Um, I would like you to focus more on salvation. I mean, I can't believe someone would say that and you're a bishop in the Catholic Church after the teachings of what Christ taught and what the pronouncements from other popes. It's just ridiculous. And we're also going to talk about, this is my favorite one, the bishop who can unite the clan. That's my lead story. Who is that? You'll find out who it is. My favorite bishop. Also, last thing if I get to it, Vatican hosts youth concert with pro-LGBT singer and the Pope makes an appearance at St. Peter's Square. I mean, I just scratch my head and say, excuse me, what are we doing, folks? What about proclaiming Christ? And the teachings of him in the moral moral teachings scratches my head but before we get into all these topics let's get some soul food in it's a long gospel all week long we've been reading about uh from saint john this is chapter 21 verse 1 to 14 says jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the sea of tiberias he revealed himself in this way together with simon peter thomas called diamus and Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's son, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. <laughs> they said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out, got into the boat, <clears throat> but the night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, I love this. Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, no. So he said to them, cast the net over to the right side of the boat and you will find something. So they cast it and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, 
for they were not far from the shore, only about a hundred yards, so 300 feet. Dragging the net with the fish, when they climbed out on the shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over, dragged the net ashore, full of 153 large fish. You notice he says large, even though there were so many that the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? <laughs> because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them in the like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I always go to my Navarre Bible. You can get that from Scepter Press. Their commentary is always very, very good. It says, The risen Jesus goes in search of his disciples to encourage them and tell them more about the great mission he had entrusted them. This account describes a very moving scene. Our Lord, together with his own, he passes by close to the apostles, close to their souls who have given themselves to him, and they do not realize he is there. How often Christ is not only near us, apply it to us, but in us, yet we still live in a such a human way. They, the disciples, recall what they may have heard so often from their master's lips. Fishers of men, apostles, they realize that all things are possible because it is he who is directing their fishing. Yeah, once you catch 153 fish after catching nothing all night, I guess that's the way to relate to fishermen. Show them that you can catch fish. <laughs> all right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room. That's Archbishop Fulton. Oh, Ahead, since it's Easter week, let's say uh, we got the quote from Easter. Bishop Sheen says, the law he gave was clear. Life is a struggle. Unless there is a cross in our lives, there will never be an empty tomb. Unless there is a crown of thorns, there will never be the halo of light. Unless there is a good Friday, there will never be an Easter Sunday. Well, yep, Bishop Sheen's been saying that for a long time. And I could say that... Uh, Later in the show, we're going to talk about a bishop who can unite us. And yes, it is Bishop Sheen. But before I do that, this is a question uh, that I think is very important to answer about lay people. And um, the question, can lay people lay hands on others during prayer? And so are lay people allowed to impose their hands on others, praying for healing or outpouring of the Holy Spirit or offering a blessing? Is there any doctrine on this? Are we allowed to accept prayer from other people who want to touch us and pray for us? I have also heard the questioner that the claim that laying on hands, either by others or oneself, can for others lead to a possession of, of the Satan. Here's the answer, quick and short. 
It is certainly permissible and encouraged for lay people to pray for one another. Indeed, the charism is to bring physical or spiritual healing and consoling others is not exclusive to the clergy. But when praying, however, the laity should not use priestly gestures such as laying of hands upon a person's head or making the sign of a cross over them similar to the gestures of a priest when giving a blessing. If hands are imposed when praying with someone, it's better to place them upon the shoulders. A further area of some concern is the practice of lay people anointing one another with blessed oil. While there is widespread tolerance of practice, the concern is that it resembles too closely the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, and many people are genuinely confused as to what is actually taking place. That said, blessed olive oil can be used for the faithful themselves, somewhat like holy water or blessed salt. Obviously, it is not sprinkled about, but one can anoint a sore hand, an arm, or they can, for example, anoint the doorpost of a home or room, of a bedpost or holy statue, to bring blessings and ward off evil. And since it is olive oil, it can even be consumed by the faithful as can blessed salt. Some, for example, take a small teaspoon with a pinch of blessed salt to bring smoothing blessings and healings where there are chronic stomach issues. Others use a small amount of blessed oil with the bread for similar purposes. Certainly, blessed oil should not be indiscriminately used like regular olive oil, but adding a small amount to a salad for the religious person's purposes of bringing blessings or healings to ward off is not out of place. As for laying on the hands, leading people in possession, yep, this has been reported. Now, it's rare, but surely it ought not indiscriminately permit strangers to pray over them. Please don't do that. Such individuals, whether knowingly or not, may open doors to evil, spirits, or erroneous religious beliefs, or superstitious practices. However, for fellow Catholics and Christians who pray for each other, it's not likely to conduct evil. Trustworthy, however, is an important component when sharing this interpersonal prayer. And don't forget, Mom and Dad, you pray over your kids. Okay, that's an exception. You have the authority given to you to do that. When we come back, I'm going to talk to Michael O'Rourke uh, regarding the North Texas Catholic Men's Conference. It's their 11th annual one. I'm going to be speaking there next Saturday, eight days from now. All you folks in Tyler, Texas that moved out of California, I'd love to meet you at that conference. It's called you know, Perseverance in Faith. We're going to talk about that very thing when we come back on the Terry and Jesse show. And then we're going to cover who's the bishop that can unite the Catholic Church today. And I'm going to tell you it's Bishop Fulton J. Sheen. I'll tell you why. And much, much more here on the Terry and Jesse show. I'm too blessed to be stressed, too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire. Stay with us, family. We've got more to share that should inspire you to fall deep in love with Jesus. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse will be back on Monday with Bishop Snyder. We've got that wonderful interview on his book on the Mass. Right now, I want to welcome Mike O'Rourke, 
from the North Texas Catholic Brothers Men's Conference that's coming up. Michael, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Good morning, Terry. Can hey, you hear me all right? I can hear you fine, brother. I wanna, I'm excited next week. Uh, gosh, eight days from now, uh, I'm going to be in Texas with you at this uh, Perseverance and Faith Conference. I want to encourage all the people who have moved from Southern California to uh, Texas for Bishop Strickland's diocese to come see us. I think it's only about an hour drive from his diocese. Can you tell us a little bit about the conference and how people can register for it? Well, sure, Terry. I'm looking forward to picking you up at the airport about <laughs> okay. uh, a week and four hours from now on <laughs> Friday Friday afternoon. That's so, right. um, yeah, no, it's uh, so. This is our 11th uh, annual conference, um, and we've had it um, all around the Metroplex, Dallas and Fort Worth area. Uh, we've had men come from um, from the surrounding dioceses, even as far as um, Oklahoma and, and Arkansas. Wow. Uh, some coming up from from further south in Texas and West Texas. So, um, but yeah, we've got, we've got a fairly even split between uh, guys from Dallas and guys from Fort Worth. And uh, we'd love to get some guys from Tyler to come up as well. But this year uh, it's going to be at St. Anne's Parish in Capel, which is a huge, beautiful parish uh, over there, uh, not far from the airport. Good. And um, we're going to have uh, yourself, mm-hmm. of course, as one of the speakers. Sure. Uh, Annie Hickman is a, is a young guy who's very dynamic. Uh, Dave Moore is going to be the worship leader, and, and uh, he and his wife perform for, um, for the bishop at the uh, weekly mass down there at the uh, cathedral. Right. And then uh, our host is going to be Father Edwin Leonard. And uh, he's also a very dynamic uh, speaker and gives wonderful homilies. So, uh, we're going to start off with Mass at 8 a.m. and then the conference directly following. So no eating, of course, until after Mass, but we'll have snacks and coffee, sure. a lunch, and um, and then it'll it'll uh, finish up around 3.30 in the afternoon. Well, how can people register online? So, Terry, they'll just go to uh, catholicbrothersforchrist.com. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, in years past, we've had uh, ntxcmc.org. Uh, North Texas Catholic Men's Conference. Uh, that will still work. That'll take them to the uh, CatholicBrothersForChrist.com. So either one will work, and then just click on the register button, and um, you register now. Uh, you get the early bird special, and um, you'll get a. Uh, you can also order a T-shirt, um, which this year it's it's a really nice T-shirt, um, and uh, it's gonna have the uh, beautiful uh, mountain scene. Um, it says, if we endure with him, we shall also reign with him. That's from Second Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 12. And uh, that, that's really what, it's, what the conference is all about, um, persevering in faith and uh, enduring with Christ. Awesome. And I'm also putting a little bonus thing in. I mentioned on Guadalupe Radio, I think a week or two ago, that if you register now, you come up to my table— and I'm going to give you a cheat sheet that has about 300 scripture verses for apologetics. Usually people sell these for, you know, $10, and I'm going to give it to you for free. All you have to say is, hey, I heard you on Guadalupe Radio, our Virgin Most Powerful Radio, and I registered Honor System, and you get this cheat sheet by saying, yes, you did do that. So, again, what's the website one more time, Michael? CatholicBrothersForChrist.com Awesome. Okay, well, I appreciate that, and I thank you for picking me up at the airport. It's always nice to have someone there when you land, and uh, 
I'm looking forward to giving a presentation on the perseverance in faith. I'm going to give one little teaser that everybody can persevere in faith. In one way, you need to ask Jesus Christ for more faith every single day. If you don't do that, Amen. your faith will not grow. Michael, I thank you for taking the time to give us a pitch about the men's conference coming up on Saturday, and that's April 30th for those that's, uh, what, yep. eight days from now, and there's still time to register. Tomorrow, yep. You got it. Yeah, great. All right, Mike. Appreciate the time, Terry. You God bet. bless. God love you. Bye-bye now. Bye. Happy Easter. Bye-bye. Amen. Happy Easter. Jesus is risen. Yes. All right, folks. Now, here's my topic. Are you ready? Put your seatbelts on. Bishop Sheen, he's the one that can unite us. You know, there's so much uh, polarization in the church. Oh, that, and someone just texted me about um, blessing yeah, parents blessing kids. Absolutely. I always want to respond to that. Parents paying over your kids. I do that. Uh, you do that often. I do that on my grandchildren. So I, that was the answer to that question. All right, here it is. In the age of confusion. You think we're in the age of confusion, folks? You bet. Both in the state, yeah, and in the church. Not only is it difficult to tell up from down, but it's often hard to find rallying points where we can find a common cause with people of goodwill. In politics, we throw out a lot in with conservatives, only to find, for example, that some of the most influential figures in the movement could be even homosexuals or promoting you know, things that are immoral, like in vitro fertilization, all that stuff. Well, that happens. But in the church, traditional Catholics and conservative Catholics might stand shoulder to shoulder praying a rosary outside an abortion clinic. I've had this happen. But then comes the luminous mysteries or a conversation about Archbishop Lafay. Before you know it, we're witnessing uh, a prelude to reply Cain and Abel. We're going at each other. That's not good. The point is that there are real differences and are very hard to work out among faithful Catholics. And no matter how many unimportant some may view certain differences. They are immensely important to those who hold their views, right? That makes sense. I'm in no way asserting that I have the solution or that I can even wade into the murky waters of this. But I can say I believe there is a person who can unite them all. His name is Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. And of course, I'm sure there's someone who will have an issue with something Bishop Sheen said, but you cannot please everyone. I've had people do that to me over the years and over the decades. That's why I believe that Fulton Sheen is a unifier for Catholics of goodwill because he is both modern yet traditional, a man with theological and philosophical acumen of pre-Vatican II scholarly, but delivery and prodigy that pleases the new evangelization, folks. Yeah, he is the best evangelist in the Catholic Church in the 20th century, by far and by none. Since most of his life as a prelate took place before uh, the rupture, which, which is the rupture in the church, intensified in the 60s and 70s, it is difficult to accuse him of being a post-conciliar prelate filled with dubious theological leanings or other hand, since it is historical sense, he's more like a contemporary American Catholic hero than a med medieval saint. There's something palatable about his words and broadcasts for conservative Catholics who get a bit 
squeamish about the overemphasis of time in the church, so beloved by some of the more traditionalists. Yes, the unique place that Archbishop Fulton Sheen plays in the hearts of Catholics was made more evident to me during the lead-up to the Easter season. Everybody can listen during Lent, especially Holy Week, to Archbishop Sheen's reflections on the Passion. He's the best! By far not. I mean, nobody comes close to him. In the English-speaking world, there may not be a, a prelate in recent history who spent so much time expounding on the importance of the crucifixion to be sure all Catholic theologians give ample attention to the Passion. However, Fulton Sheen appeared to have a particular devotion. Remember we just said, without Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. Now, it is seen throughout his literature, he seems to take pride of place when he would compare the Western world to the Soviet world. He would often remark that communists want the cross without Christ and the West want Christ without the cross. He was spot on there. That is to say the Soviets wanted all the austerity and sacrifice, you know, being a good communist without the redemption or salvation. And the West wanted to be saved without having to sacrifice. You know, and that's pretty much our church right now. Nobody wants to... Remember Our Lady of Fatima said it. Souls are going to hell because no one is willing to pray and make sacrifices. So for Sheen, the cross and Christ were um, invisible in some sense. And the ills of the modern world could be attributed to rejection of the passion. And that's the problem in Christendom right now. We re reject that we have a, to unite our sufferings with the sufferings of Christ. For this reason, he spent his entire public life as a prelate preaching on the seven last words of Christ. He wrote tens of thousands of words on the subject. He recorded countless hours of audio explaining the significance of the sermons from the cross. His series, Life is Worth Living, that we have here for people if they want the MP3 disc of 24 hours of Fulton Sheen. Uh, you can get that by calling 877-526-2151. We also have a DVD on our Catholic faith that comes with it. The bookstores sell it for $100. But just make a small donation. Make whatever you can. If you can't, I'll still send it to you. Because it's important that you listen to someone like Archbishop Sheen to get things straight. Now, I believe there's an uh, uptick in Sheen's meditations on all the traditional websites. The books are selling like hotcakes. Everybody wants Bishop Sheen. Uh, not everybody, because there's people in the church who got involved in stopping his beatification because of what he had to say. He's, he's, he is actually pointing out the corruption in the church. He and another bishop who said something very similar, Bishop Barron said, it's a sign of a corrupt church that stops thinking deeply about the truths of Christianity. A church that is against being precise about its teaching is a corrupt church. And Bishop Sheen was very precise in his teaching. And I think that's why a lot of people in the church hierarchy didn't like him because he was too clear. Those who want to see, um, they want to have an ambiguous church. That's what they want. 
And that's not what Sheen said. I'll leave you on one more quote that Bishop Sheen spoke about back in 1947. Sent chills through my hair right now, what I have left. He said this in 1948. He said that Satan will set up a counter church and will be the ape of the church. It will have all the notes and characteristics of the church, but in reverse and emptied of its divine content. Bishop Sheen said it, the false prophet will have a religion without the cross, a religion without a world to come, a religion to destroy religions. There will be a counterfeit church. Christ's church will be one, and the false prophet will recreate the other. The false church will be worldly, ecumenical, and global. It will lose the federation of churches and religions. I'll finish this one on the other side of this break. Stay with us, family. Bishop Sheen, full Sheen ahead. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Yes, if you want to join me in this conversation on Fulton Sheen and the effect he's had on the Catholic Church, um, I was at his funeral back in 1979. Are you believing that? How many years is that? 43. Wow. And uh, I love Fulton Sheen. I met so many people who were brought back to the faith because of Fulton Sheen, and we can do that again right now. Uh, our toll-free number, if you want to chat with me on Fulton Sheen, is 888-526-2151. That's 888-526-2151. Don't forget, on Monday, Bishop Athanasius Snyder will be with us, with Jesse and myself, to talk about the third segment of his book, The Catholic Mass, Steps to Restoring the Centrality of God in the Liturgy. You can pick that book up by calling us at 877 877- Five two six two one five, and I bought another case of books. So, folks, read this book. It will give you such insight in the Mass. It'll blow you away. It's so important to know what the Mass is. All right, my next topic. Are you ready? Here it is. Cardinal uh, Perlone uh, orders all Vatican vaccine mandates to remain in place. As you know, many places are, re- are, are relaxing the mandates. Uh, for COVID, and they're not. And he says that, you know, um, we need to do that, even though since 2020, no one in the Vatican has died from what this article is on the National Catholic Register I'm reading. So, I mean, it's like, give me a break. But, okay, you're in charge. And just a quick note, uh, Cardinal, our friend Cardinal Burke, uh, as you probably know, last week was stopped by going into the Holy Seas to talk about, to go into the archives for the canonized saints, canonized saints because uh, he was not vaccinated you know, three or four times you need it. But uh, he went over the six-month period for he when he had COVID. After six months, you they still want you to get a vaccine. So his was seven months ago, so he couldn't get in. You get, we call it a super green pass. And um, that's what he needed to get in, which I find it kind of uh, kind of crazy because I'm just giving you my take. There's a big concert that took place in St. Peter's Square 
and uh, the people there didn't need to be vaccinated to come into St. Peter's Square. So I don't know. It's just it, to me, uh, th- there is a real battle going on in the church. We need to be praying on our knees and uh, making reparation and atonement for some of the craziness that's going on in the church. I'll give you one more idea that's crazy is the Vatican. Are you ready? Hosts a youth concert with pro-LGBT singer Pope Francis makes an appearance. Well, the message of this stunt, even though LGBTQ aspects of the affair could not be more depressing, wrote a Spanish Catholic journalist. Carlos did this. And I think he makes some good points here. He said that the main singer for the concert was a teenage gay icon. So everybody knew him. So why profile him inside the Vatican as someone to follow? I mean, according to the European News Agency, head of the Italian Bishops' Conference, National Office for Youth Ministry said of the concert, with the pilgrimage of teenagers in Rome and their meeting with the Pope, we want to encourage to give them signs of hope to those who are committed to the growth of teenagers and to those who look to the Christian community as a custodian of a future life that comes from faith in the risen Jesus. Okay, well, where was the message in this concert about Jesus Christ? I must be missing something. Now, however, Carlos, the journalist from Spain, he criticized the event as an attempt to draw failing crowds back to St. Peter's Square for papal appearances. He said that the Italian Bishops' Conference invitation and sponsoring of a concert with Blanco, whose fame rests upon the promotion of immoral sexual lifestyles, could not be more scandalous. I would agree with that. The Spanish journalist called this the worst possible solution to reach the youth. I totally agree. You don't need to go down to that and show them a a man living an immoral life, and then say that, yeah, by the way, you're, we're going to promote Christ. No, it doesn't work that way. Now, we are in, he said, the century of images, in the age obsessed with what looks like, with how it looks, with the impressions it gives. He wrote, not a few in the Vatican worry about those growing gaps in St. Peter's Square where the Pope appears to the Vatican. The solution, he continued, to the worst possible way to bring people uh, capable of attracting masses of young people and then have the Pope come in as if the successor of St. Peter were an opening act of a rock star. This approach just doesn't work, folks. The chosen one is very young, Blanco, the singer of the movement, right? He said he expressed a profound disappointment of the Vatican's attempt to appeal to the next generation. The way to appeal to the next generation has always been the the same. Preach Christ and him crucified. Challenge them to fall deep in love with Jesus. Now, we would like to think that the singer's inclinations were not even considered, and they were simply looking for a character with the greatest appeal among young people. That's possible. But the message of this stunt, even with the LGBTQ aspect of the affair could not be more depressing he wrote i happen to agree with him this is not how to reach young people as i said the way to reach young people 
is to teach them the perennial teachings of the church. We've been doing it for 2,000 years. Why change now? And you know what I noticed? After 50 years of this style, you know, you got a priest down in um, South America, the Amazon. He bragged for 50 years he's never baptized anybody. That's sad. Because what we've found is we've lost our zeal for evangelization and we've replaced it with, are you ready? Collecting plastic water bottles. Uh, telling people to get vaxxed. Because we're worried about them dying early. Why don't we worry more about the salvation of souls? I'm sorry, I have to. I'm saying this in a passionate way because I truly believe that we missed it. We missed the message of Christ when it comes to evangelization. It's not to tickle people's ears. St. Paul said that. It's to give them the faith, the apostolic faith. That's what we need to do. And that's why in this last segment, I'm going to give you something that Father Hardin, the Jesuit, one of the great Jesuits, information on the value of receiving Holy Communion properly. I hope you've been able to receive Holy Communion this whole week of Easter week because it's the octave of Easter. This is the resurrected Christ. Are you kidding me? Yes. That's why we want to do that when we come back from the break. But I also want to just mention that the FDA for mom and dad is warning that parental screening tests can be misleading and lead to abortions of healthy babies. You know how many times I've met couples where they said, oh, your kid is deformed. You might as well abort the baby. You don't want to have to deal with this. And so many times my friends say, you know what? We'll let God decide that. Thank you very much. And we had the baby and the baby's fine. So I just want to remind all of our listeners, the doctors are not gods. God has given you a child. Accept it for what it is. And don't try to uh, abort the baby because it's a possibility that he might be less than perfect. Now, this is uh, what's going on in the world today. And that's why we want to alert you to that. And I also want to tell you that uh, we need to be praying for our leaders in the church, especially, you know, our pope, our bishops. And that's why every Thursday night here at the Sacred Heart Chapel, we get down on our knees for two hours to pray the rosary for our priests. I'm going to be in Sacramento on the 28th of May uh, giving a talk with Father Don Calloway to 20,000 people and the group is going to be rosaries for priests. We need to pray for our priests and bishops and the Holy Father that they will confirm us in our faith. If you want to come out to Sacramento, California, just Google it. Rosaries for priests, Sacramento. And you'll find out it's at a football stadium. My good friend, Father Don Calloway, will be there. And I've got some stories to tell of how powerful your prayers can be for priests and confirming them in their priesthood. Also, I want to remind you, the men's conference is coming up June 18th here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. Jesse Romero, Terry Barber, and Ruben Nava are going to be there. And I would encourage you, especially the women, to sign their husbands up as a Father's Day gift. Yeah. And, you know, we can take married couples, too. I'm not going to turn anybody down. 
So that's the latest on what we're doing here. And also the marriage conference is going to be on the 7th of May. We're going to be using the Bible. We're going to be using uh, the Catechism and a book called Couples Awaken Your Love by Cardinal Seurat. And I think the conference is going to be outstanding because not only the talks, but we have confessions after the conference. We have Holy Mass, and it'll be a great experience for mom and dad. And if you're thinking about getting married, you might want to come. Uh, Dr. Sandoval was going to be giving great information out that I think you'll want to hear. Uh, and the way you can register is go to vmpr.org. Uh, that's vmpr.org or call 877-526-2151. And just a quick note, I, we pray for the Holy Father because we just got a Hong Kong bishop that um, he appointed, and he's promoting women's ordination. So we need to pray that he's going to confirm us in our faith, not destroy us in our faith. And that's why we, as lay people, can do this. Canon 212 gives us the right to confirm this back to our pastors that we are concerned about the passing of the faith. When I come back, Father John Harden, no, he's been dead 20 years, 22 years, but I have his material on the Holy Eucharist for you. Stay with us, family. God bless you. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jess will be back on Monday. Don't forget, we have Bishop Athanasius Schneider, one of the greatest bishops in the Catholic Church, speaking on Holy Mass about his new book. And it's the third hour that we have of him. So if you Google, if you know if you Google, if you go to our website, vmpr.org, and look at the podcast, you can hear two of his shows already. The third one will be coming out on Monday. So check that out. All right, here's something inspirational on Friday the Easter week. It's the Holy Eucharist, the source and summit of the Christian life. Father John Harden, great Jesuit priest, pointed out that there's 10 things that we should consider when it comes to Holy Communion. He says, it is well for you to consider what you lose every time you pass up the opportunity to receive Holy Communion worthily. Notice he said worthily. Next time you're in bed and you say, oh, I don't want to get up for Mass, remember what I'm telling you because you'll get up because the benefits are out of this world. Number one thing you miss by not receiving Holy Communion worthily, this is big. You miss a personal visit with Jesus, the author of all spiritual energy and of all holiness. That's huge. Sign me up for that one. I've been going to daily Mass since I was 14, and I'm 65 now. Why? Because of that. It's Jesus. There's nothing better. Number two, you lose a special increase of sanctifying grace, which makes your soul more pleasing to God and which makes you an actual participator in God's own divine love. Remember these terms, sanctifying grace that we're living in the state of sanctifying grace when we have no mortal sin on our souls. Now, if I'm in mortal sin, please get me out of mortal sin. But I'm, I go to confession on a regular basis. That's the key 
to staying in the state of sanctifying grace. Number three, you lose a quota of sacramental grace, which entitles you to special help in times of temptation and in the faithful discharge of your daily duties. I don't know about you, but I got to tell you something. I need help fulfilling my daily duties. I believe I asked my guardian angel, the blessed sacrament, receiving all the, I need it. And I'm sure you do too. Especially here in Southern California where temptation is everywhere. We live in Sodom and Gomorrah here. So we got to keep our eyes, what we call the custody of the eyes. And so stay close to Jesus and the blessed sacrament. Number four, you lose a precious opportunity of having your venial sins wiped away. Yep, that's what happens. Number five, you miss a special preserving influence which each Holy Communion confers against the fires of unruly human passion, anger, lust, envy, greed, and all the alike. You know, that in itself is a great grace. You know, some pe- I, I get a lot of people who come to me, oh, I can't stay out of sin. I'm having such a hard time. I'm doing the. Are you going to the confession? Are you going to mass? Are you going to the sacraments? You need Jesus. That's what you need to be able to fight off sin. And you can't think it's just yourself, me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. All right, so you will miss the opportunity of having remitted part or all the temporal punishment due to sin. Think about this. At your exit interview. We're all going to have an exit interview. That's how it works. Nobody gets out alive. At that time, you've got some temporal punishment to take care of, right? It's called purgatory. You can do that with mass by going to mass for yourself, offering these masses for yourself and for the salvation of souls, taking temporal punishment due to your sins. Are you kidding me? I'd rather do that here than in purgatory. Sign me up. Number seven. You lose the spiritual joy, the sweetness, and particular comfort that comes from receiving a fervent and devout Holy Communion. Let me see why this is so important. We're living in a time of you know corruption in the church, right? So it's easy to focus and say, oh, I'm, I'm so upset at the bishop, at the pope, at this priest, or whoever, somebody, deacon, whoever it is, layperson. Knock it off. Stay focused on Jesus Christ. Yes, we've got issues, but don't let that get in the way of your sanctifying your own self through your prayer life, through the sacraments. People use this as an excuse not to practice the faith. We've had Judases before. Come on, get over it. And I mean get over it. Pray, work, right? And don't worry. Okay, now, another another one. Father Hardin says, you lose part of the glory that your body might otherwise enjoy at the resurrection of the last day. Are you kidding me? Yes, there are areas of heaven. How high are we going to get? Well, a lot of it depends on how we die. Are we dying in the state of grace? And also with all the blessed sacraments that we have had in our life. The, uh, you know, the, 
blessed sacrament is the key to having a high place in heaven. And so this is important. Take time to receive Jesus in the Eucharist. Remember, we've said that make it like it's your last one. Today I did that because Bishop Athanasius Snyder said that again to us. When you have a fervent communion, every time you go to Mass, think, this might be my last time to participate in the Holy Mass, the reenactment of Calvary. We're present at that one eternal sacrifice. That's what Mass is. And then I get to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Where else on earth can you do that other than the Mass? That's why the Mass is the greatest prayer in the world. But here's the, here's the challenge. Do we really understand the Mass? That's why I want people to get the Catholic Mass book by Bishop Athanasius Snyder. you got to get it. I, I was, I'll tell you right now. I said to our staff, let's do a fundraiser to send his book to every Catholic priest and seminarian in America. Because once they understand the Mass, it's over, baby. You're going to want to go. You're going to want to spend time with Christ in the Eucharist. That's why I say these things about uh, going to concerts or, and I'm going to be honest with you, uh, you know, compromising morality uh, to make a movie that's going to reach out to people because it's where they're at. I say this, let's hit them with holiness. Let's hit them with the faith. And again, some people are going to say no, but that's not our business. I don't want it, but at least offer the beautiful beauty of the Catholic faith. Number 10, you may lose a complete victory over some fault or passion, some particular grace long prayed for. And I love this one, the conversion or salvation of some soul, the deliverance of a relative or friend from purgatory, many graces for others, both living and the dead. This is so important. Remember, I always say this. Our lady said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Every day in the offertory, Lift your family up onto that patent. Yes, do it every day. Make the sacrifice to get as often as possible. You retired people, you've got no excuse. If I'm coming down hard on you, you know what? Because it's necessary. we got to make people feel a little uncomfortable here on this planet. We're too comfortable to think about salvation. Yeah, what I mean is, I got money, I got my retirement, i am got a nice house. Yeah, yeah, then what? It all goes bye-bye, baby, because we're going to face our exit interview. And our Lord is going to ask us, what did you do with the gifts that were given to you? Like being able to get to Mass, being able to get to confession. Did you reject it or accept it? Yeah, he gives us free will. Remember, the only value in saying yes to God is you have the freedom to say no. Please say yes. Please say yes to Jesus Christ and the Holy Eucharist. Would you do me a favor this weekend? Go make a special visit to Jesus and ask him for more faith in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Ask Jesus for more faith every single day of your life and your faith will grow. Here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, we have one focus, the salvation of souls. That's what canon law says. That's what the church is all about. It's not about collecting bottles, plastic bottles. It's not even talking about vaccines. The number one thing the Catholic Church has been commissioned to do by Jesus Christ is to bring salvation to the world. And he does this, the church does it, 
through its sacraments, and through the perennial teachings of the Church. Always go to your Catechism of the Catholic Church to check teachings. We have Bishop Strickland every Tuesday covering us where he takes the Catechism of the Catholic Church and teaches us the fundamentals of the faith. This is what we need today. I'll leave you on Pope Pius XII's comments in 1949, and you can say no to these answers, these questions. Do you want a church that remains silent when she should speak? No! One that diminishes the law of God when she's called to proclaim it loudly? No! You want a church that departs from the unshakable foundations upon Christ founded her? No! Do you want a church that takes the easy way out of adapting herself to the opinions of the day? No! This is Pope Pius XII asking these questions to 250,000 people in St. Peter's Square. That's the kind of thing we need to have. Do you want a church that is prey to the current trends? No! Do you want a church that does not condemn the suppression of conscience and does not stand up for the just liberty of all people? No! Do you want a church that locks herself up within the four walls of her temple? No! Wow, do you want a church that's forgetting the divine mission that was received from Christ to go out in the crossroads and preach the cross and Jesus Christ? No! Do you want a church that um, you will recognize? Here, would you want you recognize a church that features your mother? Would you be able to imagine a successful Peter submitting to these demands? No! We have to have a church that teaches, governs, and sanctifies the church. That's what we're praying for right now. Restoration of the liturgy, restoration of the catechism, that we can proclaim it to all people, and get rid of this entertaining mention of trying to evangelize people. We don't want to uh, entertain people. We want to introduce them to the person of Jesus Christ through Our Lady, through the Church, through the sacraments, through the fundamental teachings that the Church has done for 2,000 years. I want to invite you to have a great Easter Friday. Remember, go out and have something. You can have meat today. We're celebrating Easter. It supersedes a Friday. You can't do that every Friday, but do it now. May God richly bless you and your family. And thanks for joining us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And thanks for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful all over the world. Through God's grace, we're sharing the gospel that Jesus Christ proclaimed 2,000 years ago. God love you and your family.